This is the Range Rat Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Range Rat Podcast. This is episode 11, part two of Putting Lesson of a Lifetime. In part one of Putting Lesson of a Lifetime, we went over the basic setup techniques and basic principles that you need to employ to become a better putter. If you haven't heard part one yet, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. It'll give you a good solid foundation from which to move forward into this episode. In this episode, we're going to dive into how you read greens, how you read the putts, and also how to develop a proper speed using tempo. If you haven't ever received a putting lesson from a putting expert, a person that's sole purpose in their golf instruction is to teach proper putting techniques, I would highly recommend getting a putting lesson from a putting specialist. Many club pros and many PGA Tour of America Class A professionals provide putting tips and putting lessons as part of their comprehensive package to uh, remake your swing or fix swing errors in your full golf swing. But I would highly recommend going to a putting specialist, a person that's sole purpose is to analyze through the use of uh, advanced video and computer technology and also their own experience into improving your putting techniques and overall understanding of how to read greens and how to develop the proper speed so you develop confidence on the greens to make those short, intermediate, and long putts, which frankly is costing most golfers an enormous amount of strokes during a round of golf. Approximately 92% of the putts you're going to face on a golf course have break to them. When faced with breaking putts on the golf course, some players see it in a linear fashion and some see it in a curve fashion, meaning that there are two, basically two different types of players on the tour. First, there are the analytical players or left-brain players or those players that are more bound to structure. Left-brain players always visualize a putt as being straight. Even if they're planning on curving it, they will still visualize it being straight. They know that if they can get the ball on on the intermediate spot, eventually it's going to break into the hole. However, nonlinear players always see the ball going into a certain spot on the cup. You may look at the cup like the face of a clock, with 12 being at the top, 6 at the bottom, obviously, and you may see the, the putt going in at the 7 o'clock position or the 4 o'clock position, depending on how the putt breaks. But the nonlinear player essentially uses their brain to draw a dotted line from where the ball is into the cup. They see everything in curves. Those would be players like Tiger Woods or Bubba Watson, players like that. The linear players who actually see things in, the, in straight lines would be players like Jack Nicklaus. They saw putts is hitting a certain spot on the green, maybe a blade of grass or a divot mark, and they would hit at that mark, and then they would calculate how much break it would take for it to pull into the hole from that angle. So you have two different types of players, linear and nonlinear. Linear seeing things straight, putting to a spot, and nonlinear players who see things in curves, basically seeing the ball travel on that curve 
and breaking a certain amount at a certain speed as it travels into a specific location on the edge of the hole or the cup. So those are the two types of basic putters, those two principles, left brain and right brain, linear and nonlinear. Unfortunately, the rest of us are somewhere in the middle. We try to use methods of linear putt reading and nonlinear putt reading, put them together, and it causes a tremendous amount of conflict when we're trying to make putts. The bottom line is you cannot use both methods. You have to pick one. You have to find out how you read putts. You're either left brain or right brain. And if you can determine which one you are, if you see things in curves, you're more than likely a right brain, nonlinear putter. If you see things straight, putting to a spot where the break would naturally occur, you believe, and the ball would go into the hole, then you're linear in your left brain. You've got to pick according to this method. The best way to figure out which one you are is to spend some time on the putting green. Drop a ball anywhere on a practice putting green from 20 feet and look at the hole. Stand over the ball. When you do that, are you seeing a spot, maybe a foot left or right or two feet left or right of the hole at a certain distance from the cup where you think the ball may start its break? Or are you seeing where the ball goes into the hole? Practice for 10 or 15 minutes and you'll be able to determine which one you are. It really isn't rocket science. You'll be able to either see the curves or see the straight lines and you'll determine how you read greens. But the worst thing you can do is try to read curves and straight lines at the same time. It just creates too much conflict and you'll, you'll be in putting prison for the rest of your life. When you determine which kind of putter you are, either linear or non-linear, it will free you up to commit to that path, commit to that method. And when you can commit to one particular method, as opposed to having conflict between trying to utilize two methods, it'll free you up to be able to like trust that. Trust that intuition and how you read greens, and you'll stop wasting your time trying to read greens both ways and standing over putts for extended periods of time, completely confused about which way it breaks or whether you've read it correctly. I see people all the time on the green that complete, they read their putt, they think they've read the putt, and they stand over the ball maneuvering themselves, um, looking at it again, looking at it, stepping off, looking at it again, because they're just not committed to one particular method. They're, they've got an enormous amount of conflict, and you've got to resolve that conflict by picking a method. There's just no two ways about it. Scientifically, most of this conflict that you're experiencing when reading putts two different ways, the real conflict is in with a linear player, it's sight, and with a nonlinear player, it's feel. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter how solid, technically speaking, your stroke is. If you're reading greens, two different ways or using two different methods, linear and nonlinear, and you're creating conflict in your mind about how you've read the putt. It doesn't matter how good your speed is or how good your stroke is. You're not going to make as many putts as you would if you resolve that conflict and pick one of those methods. This may be a lot to unpack, 
but specifically green reading is a combination of what you actually see, what you think you see, your motor skills and coordination, and also what your brain is actually processing based on your sight and your feel. You get a lot of feel in your feet. You see a lot of green reading methods where they utilize their feet and they try to determine the slope. They step over the line um, at certain points during the putt. They take a lot of time and they try to determine on a scale of one to three or, or one to four how much break is in the putt. But your brain can automatically determine this if you walk the putt and if you look at it and you feel it through your feet, your brain can actually determine for you it's already seeing it. It's already calculated the amount of break. It's already calculated the amount of curve. You just have to be able to pick one of these methods and trust it. So in summary on this point, determining whether you're a linear or nonlinear player is going to greatly reduce the amount of conflict you're experiencing over the ball. And it's going to allow you to make a lot more putts, whether they're short, long, or intermediate. The great thing about reducing the conflicts or eliminating the conflicts that you have you have in your mind about how you read putts is that when you hit the putting green, you're going to be extremely confident and you're going to be looking forward to making that eagle, birdie, or par putt. When we get to the end of the podcast, I'll put together exact routine that I go through in preparing to execute a putt. You know, I'll just tell you right up front, I'm a right brain person. I see things in curves. And so I go through a specific method, but I'll share that with you. And it's been highly productive for me for over 10 years. And I can tell you from personal experience that the first time I employed this putting method, I had 11 putts on the first nine holes and was simply amazed. I would estimate that over 90% of the players that I work with have no concept of how to execute the proper speed on putts. Most people think that if they hit it hard, they'll get more speed. If they hit it softer, they'll get less speed. They have no idea about how to achieve the proper speed on every single putt they hit. Speed on the putting green comes from one source, tempo. Yes, that's right. I said tempo. You're probably saying, well, what does tempo have to do with anything? Well, tempo has to do with everything as it relates to the speed that you achieve when you're hitting putts. As I often say, tempo is your speed. If you can attain the proper tempo on the putting green, and use that same tempo with short putts and long putts, you will consistently hit the ball close to the hole and either have a tap-in putt for par or whatever it is you have, but it'll be a tap-in. It'll be within a foot to 17 inches or so, which most consider an easily made putt. You need to think how much easier this is going to be on your game that when you're not making the putt that you have executed, you're leaving it very, very close to the hole. So you basically just have a tap in every time. 
I would estimate it could reduce your scores by at least four to six strokes per round. Yes, it's hard to imagine that a simple fix of your tempo could have such an enormous impact on lowering your scores, but it will. Now, what do I mean when I say tempo? Well, the putting instructor explained it like this. Tempo is beats per minute. Now, there are many apps you can download for free to get you a metronome on your phone. The metronome will, you can set it to any beats per minute you want. He explained that the average beats per minute that most tour players employ are anywhere from 74 beats per minute to 77 beats per minute. The optimal one you can determine by practice using the metronome to groove your putting stroke to the tempo of either 74 to 77 beats per minute. I have found that 76 beats per minute is optimal. I'll play that on a metronome so you can hear it. You can hear the 76 beats per minute. Then you can adjust it to what feels better for you of what's getting the ball closer to the hole. The only difference is the length of your putting stroke. You have the same beats per minute on long putts and short putts and intermediate putts. It's all the same. The only thing that changes is the length of your stroke. Same tempo. Once you've downloaded a metronome app, I want you to set it at 76 beats per minute in 4-4 time. It'll sound something like this. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? Using a 76 beat per minute in full four time on your metronome, you can practice your putting stroke at home on the carpet. You know, you don't even need a ball. You can, you can do it in front of a mirror to make sure you're not breaking down your moving parts. But using the 76 beats per minute tempo will assure you of the proper speed on just about every single green you encounter. You can trust it, and what you have to do is practice with it routinely to get that beats per minute ingrained into your mind so you can hear it in your head when you're putting. I take the metronome out to the practice putting green every occasion I get to practice, and I always use it just to reinforce that 76 beats per minute in 4-4 time into my brain, and I practice it over and over on all different lengths of putts. That way, when you take it out to the course, you're hearing that tempo in your head. You've already locked in your read. You've got your putter face square to the target line. And all that remains is stroking it on that beats per minute, that 76 beats per minute in that specific tempo that you've already ingrained in your head. Another advantage of it, too, is it takes away a lot of other thoughts about whether you're going to make the putt or whether you're going to miss the putt or what the putt means, because that means nothing. The putt may technically mean something of making that four-foot putt to win your club championship or a tournament, but it's not going to improve your ability to make the putt by worrying about what the consequences are of the putt. And if you're one of those people that thinks 
that what a putt means to your score while you're making trying to make the putt is a value. You're just wasting a lot of mental energy because it does not do anything for you. The laws of physics do not lie. And your putter face is square to the target line every time. And you're in the right position. You've read the putt the way you were designed to read the putt. And you employ a proper tempo. And you stay connected throughout the putting stroke. You have a much better chance of making every putt you attempt. Now, if you're one of those golfers that love to have a lot of wrist rotation and hand rotation and manipulation of the club face, of the putter face, through the putting stroke, you're going to be largely inconsistent and making putts is going to be almost impossible, especially under pressure. And these putting methods are designed specifically to execute solid putts under pressure. Now, if you get down to it and you really think about it, are there ever any times on the golf course when you're on the putting green where you're not trying to make a putt, where you're not under pressure? Pressure is always present. And utilizing these specific techniques that I'm sharing with you, that the golf instructor shared with me, are going to help you consistently make these putts when you're constantly under pressure, which you are. Now, the final mechanical piece of the puzzle is employing the large muscles in your back, yes, your back, to initiate and complete a putting stroke. Not with your wrist, not with your fingers, or your arms, or your hands. I mean, all that obviously is connected to the club and you're using it. But you're using the large muscles in your back to initiate and complete the entire putting stroke. You're not being handsy or wristy in the initiation and completion of the stroke, but you're utilizing large muscles that are largely completely not susceptible to pressure. Many instructors talk about having the yips, and they say you can have the yips or slight movements in the hand on either the left hand or the right hand or both. By utilizing this method of employing the back with a connection under your arms to your torso, as I explained in part one about the mechanics of the setup, to initiate and complete your putting stroke, you will have a, you will have a putting arc that will be pretty much identical every time you employ this method. It's not going to be inconsistent. You're not going to have disconnection. You're not going to have um, a wrist action that's going to, or a hand action that's going to be relied upon in pressure situations. You can rely on your back. They're large muscles. And as I said before, they're largely, if not completely, not susceptible to twitching uh, during a pressure of a putt. Being able to rely on a good tempo, on a consistent tempo of the 76 beats per minute in your back initiating the putting stroke will give you a lot of confidence and you're not going to be worried or jittery over any putt that you attempt. The great thing about using the large muscles in your back, it'll really keep your arc consistent. And I know I said that before, but it's such an important point. Uh, you'll come inside that arc 
very tightly and you'll exit if you keep your posture, your setup, and your large muscles of your back through the stroke with the proper tempo. It'll make a perfect arc and you'll essentially be 90 degrees at impact, which is the goal, as I stated in episode one. Returning that putter, the putter face, at impact at 90 degrees is essential. And these tools that I've described in using the tempo will help you achieve those goals. Personally, I've developed a little routine using the large muscles in my back, and I think on putts, and all I think on, on the tempo, the 76 beats per minute, I think rock back. It's just a simple thought, but as I do this, it essentially takes away any type of other thought I have about the putt, puts me on a proper tempo, and reminds me that I need to use the larger muscles of my back to initiate and complete the putting stroke. It's just a little personal technique I use, but you can utilize your own if that works better for you as long as you stay on that specific tempo of 76 beats per minute and utilizing the large muscles of your back to initiate and complete the stroke. Now, the last bit of advice that I'll share with you um, is very important. And it's very important, as I said in, in episode one, it's very important to know what a square putter face looks like at, at address. Because if you have an open or closed putter face at address, it's going to reduce your chances of making the putt exponentially. So remember, know what a putter face looks like at address at 90 degrees. I utilize personally a laser device that's designed to attach to your putter. And it helps you reinforce in your mind what a 90 degree square putter face looks like at address. So when you utilize this at home or on the practice putting green and you take it to the golf course and play, you know what a square putter face looks like. And the laser device really assists in this process. You can also use a ruler or anything you have at home with a straight edge on it. And you can line up on it and look at what a square putter face looks like. You don't have to go and buy an expensive device to do that. You can make it yourself at home. So hopefully cost won't be an issue when you're trying to practice knowing what a 90 degree square putter face looks like at address. So in conclusion, about putting lesson of a lifetime and how I read putts, how I hit putts and how I set up to putts and the tempo that I use and how I engage the putting stroke with the larger muscles of my back. Um, I take a look at the putt and say a 10 foot putt. Um, I get a sense of the feel of the greens with my feet and the slope. And I take a look at the putt from behind the ball, looking at the hole. What I do is get a, a feel of where I think the ball is going to enter the hole, what where the spot is on the cup where I think the ball is going to go into the hole. I set my body up, set my feet in place. I put the putter down and achieve a square putter face. I look at the hole and then I adjust my body and my setup to where I think the ball is going to go into the hole. And you can translate this to the linear putt of where you're putting to, the spot you're putting to. You set your putter face down. You know what it looks like square. And once you have 
locked in on that spot, you adjust your body accordingly and set your putter face square to that line. Once you're mechanically all set up square to that line, whether it's the curved line you see where the ball is going to enter the hole or whether it's that linear line or straight line that's to the spot that you've picked, depending on what type of putter you are. Then you initiate the putting stroke with the large muscles of your back and having in mind that proper tempo of 76 beats per minute that you've ingrained in your mind already through practice time at home and on the practice putting green. And then you can utilize your method of either, which I use rock back that thought or anything you choose and just trust, trust your read, trust your tempo and your putting stroke will either be longer or shorter depending on the length of the putt, but the tempo will be the same. Once you've done all those things, you have an incredible opportunity to make every putt you look at. And the great thing is, if you don't make the putt actually, you've actually executed it exactly like you've envisioned. And if it doesn't go in, it should be very close to the hole where you can just tap it in and move on to the next hole. Thank you for joining us today. I hope these techniques and methods of an incredible putting lesson that I received by a putting specialist have helped you understand putting a little bit more, the mechanics behind it, the setup, and also the ability to read greens a little bit better into getting rid of that conflict in your mind about how you read putts and also employing a great tempo, which will lead to consistent speeds and more made putts. Thanks again for joining us.